The Mysterious Circumstances podcast is hosted by Justin Rimmel. This is an American Crimecast production. Visit us at our new home at accproductions.org. Remember, everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Tonight, the search continues for answers in a mysterious cold case, the disappearance of a teen who police say could have been last spotted in the Franklin area nearly six years ago. Police eventually recovered the truck that 18-year-old Nico Lisi was driving, but so far, that's it. Nico Lisi was 18 years old when he went missing back in 2011. This week, the New York State Police came to town in search of new leads in the cold case of Nico Lisi. They say they found the truck in a garage of a Middle Tennessee home. He's never going to have a chance to know his nephew, you know. He's never going to see his sister get married. He's never going to have kids. What happened to Nico Lisi five years ago? They say that the family is still offering a reward and are urging anybody who knows anything that happened back then to call Franklin PD. We miss him. He's missing weddings. He's missing births. He's an uncle that he, he doesn't even know that. And he may never know. And we are not going to stop until we have an answer as to what happened to him. Tonight, the search continues for answers in a mysterious cold case, the disappearance of a teen who police say could have been last spotted in the Franklin area nearly six years ago. Police eventually recovered the truck that 18-year-old Nico Lisi was driving, but so far, that's it. I love him. I want to know where my son is. I want to know what happened to him. Hey everybody, this is Justin. Welcome to Mysterious Circumstances. And I am joined today by the very first male co-host I have ever fucking had. <laughs> uh, Major. And he, uh, I don't know, man. We've been trying to do this episode for a while. I know my work schedule was pretty fucked there for about three weeks or so. But we got a pretty fucking good case on, on your uh, you and your wife's suggestion, man. So I was I was pretty happy to start looking into this and... I don't know, man. You want to uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, yeah. My name's uh, Major. I've been, me and Justin were talking, and I've been listening to him, I guess, uh, almost since his career started. Yeah. And started on the Bob Crane case, and I just was really digging the show. You know, once you started taking on co-hosts and stuff, uh, I was kind of keeping my eyes peeled for cases or something I might like to present to you. And, uh, my wife is from this part of the country, and she kind of told me about it, and I started digging into it. So I think we originally had another case in mind. Yeah, definitely. And I was like, well, man, this is kind of like an ongoing deal. So, you know, uh, maybe we can get this some more exposure and get it out there. And, you know, maybe some listeners might know something or, you know, be interested in the help dig and uh, see what they can find out about it. So uh, that's kind of how this all started. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. sometimes I'm weird about... Uh you know, doing newer cases, but this one is, I don't know, kind of an exception. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's its really intriguing, and there's more than one theory, and I don't know, man. It's, it's damn near a rabbit hole at this point, and it's still ongoing, like you said, so, you know, maybe we can, you know, help get some information out there or, you know, get some information. I'm definitely going to post uh, 
you know, the New York, I think it's Troop E phone number that's handling this case right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to be posting that in the show notes, see if anybody might have any information. But I guess, um, I suppose, Major, you want to go ahead and uh, get us started? Tell us a little bit about uh, young Mr. Nico Lisi. Yeah, so um, like I was saying earlier, my wife's, uh, my wife, <laughs> my wife, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, wife and my wife, uh, she's from this part of the country, up in uh, kind of middle upstate New York area, uh, Addison, New York. So uh, this kid, Nico Lisi, is from that part of the area and has been missing um, since 2011. And they still have not located him or his body. Um, it's kind of interesting, uh, the trail, um, if you believe there is a trail, <laughs> yeah. to some extent, uh, goes from uh, New York State to uh, Michigan all the way down here to Tennessee, where I'm from and where I'm at now, and um, ended uh, just a few hours away from me, actually. It's kind of an expansive ordeal, and, you know, crossing timelines and jurisdictions and everything else, it, it, it makes a lot of it pretty confusing. And, uh, you know, my heart definitely goes out to the family and uh, certainly law enforcement here having to, uh, you know, collaborate on the, this case with all these different states. Definitely. But anyhow, I guess uh, to kick it off, where this all kind of started uh, from, you know, what I read and everything was on September 30, 2011, uh, Nico Lisi and uh, his buddy Robert was Neil Knight III. <laughs> yeah, he had a hell of a name. Uh, were last seen at his uh, uncle's house up in uh, Addison. Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, it showed up about 2 o'clock in the afternoon in this 2004 uh, Chevy Colorado. I don't even know if they make those anymore. But uh, anyway, uh, he, what I read, and I read a couple of different things, but the thing I saw the most was he told his uncle he was going to Buffalo, New York to camp mm-hmm. and or party with friends or something like that. Yeah. Is that about what you had? That's exactly what I had. It was 2 p.m. on the 30th and said he was going to see friends and possibly go camping. Yeah. Robbie said he was in his grandpa's truck, right. which was that truck. And it, as it turns out, Robbie's grandpa did not own a truck like that so exactly exactly um so this thing is immediately just mysterious you know showing up at a relative's house and i don't even know how close he was with his uncle to be honest um and uh, on that note uh, i never read anything about his dad did you no i didn't read it was all about his, interviews mom. his dad all yeah, about i don't his know mom. if he's in his life or what but um yeah so you know to, i mean right off the bat he shows up at his uncle place in a truck that he doesn't even own or nobody knows who owns it yeah so uh, i did a little memory i thought this was interesting just for the heck of it i did check out the weather in Buffalo, new york uh back on 10 1 of 11 uh and what i got was 52 degrees with the high and low 42 <laughs> with a mean to like 47 degrees so um not very I don't good know if camping you weather like camping weather or not <laughs> Not now. But, uh, I, I go camping quite often, and we get that weather. And usually about, you know, September, we, we pack it up for the year, man. So, uh, anyway, just for what it's worth, and, and just so the folks out there know, uh, Buffalo was not just around the corner from Madison. It was like 125 miles away. Yeah. Uh, to from, the north, right? Yeah, where we're at now at this point in the story. 
So uh, I have uh, on the first, uh, apparently lost phone contact with the family. Mm-hmm. There was allegedly a sighting of them in the Franklin Nashville area, but nobody can confirm that. Mm-hmm. I do know on ten one he was seen by security camera at a gas station in uh, yeah. Rochester. Um, okay. I'm not sure about the time. And then on ten uh, one on that same day, supposedly, is when Robbie gets to Michigan and he gets there, and this is where the timeline gets skewed between yeah. six and ten a.m. So, right. but he right. says, uh, yeah, and he says he he gets to his girlfriend's house and he's not in his truck. And what he says is that Nico had dropped him off, right. and nobody saw Nico. No, no. And I want to say I read that his uh, Robbie's dad showed up from work around 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and found him sleeping. So that adds to the time frame where he knew his son was there. But like you said, I think I'd read as well that, you know, from that 6 to 10 a.m. time frame. Yeah. And sometime I know. Yeah, and sometime I know on 10 1 as well that uh, he did get a. Nico got a call from his grandmother. And he said that he couldn't talk and that he'd call her back, and he never ended up calling her back. So, you know. Yeah, and I, my understanding of that situation was she wasn't exactly sure if it was him or not either. Yep. yep. You know, once again, kids, that's something that can actually be confirmed. But somebody had his phone, whether it was him or not. Exactly. Uh, we don't know for a fact. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, I guess uh, on the third. Mm-hmm. Somebody mailed his ID to his mother, and they found it in the streets of Cornell, New York, is my understanding, which is very close to Addison, uh, where all this stuff kind of started taking place. And I believe, uh, if I'm correct, we were talking about earlier, the third is also when his Facebook got shut down. Is that correct? Yeah, that is, man. It's same day, same day. And right, then right. it was it was shut down. So, nobody, um, there's no nobody that could explain why his Facebook got shut down or who even did it. And I'm assuming, you know, I mean, we can wrap, you know, I mean, sir, I'm sure we'll touch base in the theories later. But anybody who has his phone is more than likely going to be able to shut down his Facebook from his phone at that point yeah. in time. You know? Yeah, exactly. And what I think is interesting, you know, what we have so far is all the methods of, um, you know, one's identity are starting to get kind of tossed out. You know, your, your ID, literally, you know, that's gone. And then uh, your social media identity, which is, you know, this day and age, huge. You know, you're trying to yeah. delete that. Yeah. Know? And I wasn't aware of, like, you know, if you have Instagram or whatever, you know, nothing was ever mentioned of any other social media outlets or whatever. So that'd be kind of interesting to know if he did have them, uh, if those were shut down as well, Twitter accounts, whatever. Yeah, I would I would be eager to know that, too, and none of it got mentioned. And I know it being 2011, you know, mm-hmm. I know, you know, Facebook was pretty big then. I don't I don't think Instagram was as big. I'm not even sure when the fuck Instagram started, to be honest with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I have an account. Maybe that's about five it. people on Facebook on Instagram anyway. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm not that significant. <laughs> so I see here that I was looking at my notes, and uh, just to give people an idea, um, 
I had as in New York to Rhinelands, Michigan, is like 435 miles. Yeah. So that would be the first leg of the trip if uh, Rob was, uh, excuse me, if Nico was uh, leaving town. And uh, six hours and 44 minute drive time is what the old computer got me. Mm-hmm. Um, so from Rhinelands, Michigan to Franklin, Tennessee, it was 543 miles which is another eight hours and 12 minutes. So uh, this is a heck of a trip, man, to it get is. down to Franklin, Tennessee, yeah. um, where this uh, his phone was last pinged, actually, and, and uh, last contact was there. Hmm. Uh, so I was trying to do the crunching on this, you know, like, is this, like, physically possible to do, you know, between when Robbie was supposedly uh, got home from what his girlfriend says and what his dad said he saw him, and from when allegedly, you know, the phone contact was made. And I guess, you know, but instead of sitting here saying, no, it wasn't possible or it is possible, I guess it just depends, really, if you believe where Nico actually was. Yeah. Are, are we chasing a phone in a truck? Or are we actually chasing him in the phone in the yeah. truck? And that's, you know, yeah, because that, so. that security camera sighting in Rochester... I mean, with the exception of his tattoos, I mean, and I don't even think his tattoos are visible without his shirt off, because I know he mm-hmm. had one along his rib cage and, and stomach area. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because we should probably kind of, uh, you know, give a visual of Nico. Nico was, uh, from what I read, it was 18 at the time of his disappearance, yes. which uh, would make him about 24 a day. Uh, he was a pretty athletic kid. Um, I never read if he played sports or anything, but all the pictures you see of him and everything, you can tell kind of in shape. Uh, 5'10", 160, 170 pounds. Um, you know, not, not a tiny dude. Tattoo of a guardian angel and a crescent moon, uh, Chinese symbols, and a kneeling woman with a devil's tail. So he had a lot of, like, uh, a lot of ink and a lot of very, you know, specific tattoos that make them easily identifiable. Yeah. So when, when you're talking about them, you know, it's a, it's a good point to bring up so people will know what to look for exactly. if uh, Mr. Lisi is still out and about. And then for me personally, between 10-3 and 10-8, I know that he was reported missing. Right. I th- it was either on 10-3 or 10-5 or 10-1. <laughs> I'm not yeah. 100% sure. I think it right. was either the 3rd or the 5th, but... Yeah, on a on on October eighth is the the next spot in my timeline that really brought up yeah. any kind of shit. Yeah, so that's um, that would be uh, uh, Robbie Knight, man. He's an interesting character in this case. Um, you know, supposedly at this point, Nico's travel partner and a, apparently a pretty close friend. Mm-hmm. I don't really now all the stuff I've looked at and everything. You know, you don't really have. Have too many names associated with Nico uh, that Robbie Knight is frequently mentioned, and uh, you know he, I guess uh, Michigan State Police questioned Robbie, and at some point during this interrogation, uh, something happened to where they needed to get him hospitalized and checked out. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and uh, so Mr. Knight gets out of the hospital, and not too long after that overdoses and he dies yeah. you know of course with an overdose you can never tell if it's intentional 
or uh, accidental. Yeah. You know, these are things, unless somebody leaves a note or whatever, you know, it's just one of these things. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, our best witness to this whole case is no longer with us. And I think the day that he died, or the day that he got out of the hospital, uh, he made a Facebook post saying that he needed some love. Mm. You know, so it was kind of this last desperate cry for help. Uh, before unfortunately he uh, passed away. Yeah, and this, um, this was all within 48 hours of him getting questioned by police, too, I believe. Yeah. When they yeah, took him was, to that. The time frame was very tight on that. Yeah, because when the cops took him to that psych hospital, he was released on October 9th, the very next day, and then by 8 p.m. On, on the 10th, he was found dead of that overdose. So it's it's questionable. Yeah, I mean, I don't think um, you have to be a, uh, a detective to figure out that something is up with that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, yeah. if something triggered him uh, during this interview, and uh, what it was, we don't know. Uh, there's not any information, uh, you know, to what he was questioned about, other than what we assume is that he had seen Robbie or if he knew what happened. Um but uh, I have to say, you know, for them to immediately take action on that, he must have suffered a, a, a either a pretty big breakdown or made some self-harm threats during the interview. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, I am in law enforcement of some capacity. You know that. I do. I do. <laughs> so I get the listeners that. So when I read this stuff, my gears are turning like, okay, if I'm talking to somebody, what happens? And uh, it would cause um, this kind of reaction by law enforcement. So, you know, from what I understand of it, you would have had to um, probably talk about some sort of self-harm. Yeah. Um, and, and from then, you know, uh you're pretty much required yeah. to do something about that at the time because that's an immediate threat or would have been considered immediate threat if that is what happened. Unfortunately, you know, he goes and either ODs or, or you know, takes his own life on purpose. And I guess, you know, am I missing anything? But I get it, it, in 2011, that, that is about that's, it, right? That's pretty much it, man. After, after his overdose is kind of where the trail stops for a while i guess you have the advantage of having that you know inside knowledge you know being being in the in law enforcement and stuff like that so you i don't know personally if you've dealt with anything like that but from it is my understanding i agree with you a hundred percent you're not just going to take somebody that you're questioning to the psych ward just because you know there's got to be some kind of underlying factor but it's yeah, never those are very delicate situations for sure yeah definitely but for from then on our story just kind of stops until uh you know a few years down the road i suppose yeah I mean, uh july 22nd of 2016 i guess at this point the new york state police are um cooperating with the franklin police department which um is uh right outside nashville we were talking about this earlier. Uh, Franklin is a middle class, uh, middle to upper class area yeah, right outside of Nashville. So apparently uh, either one or both of these agencies got some sort of tip that led them back to Franklin uh, to a house specifically. Oh, man, what is the name of that road? Oh, yeah, God, dude, history. I can't remember. <laughs> this road, they found the, uh, his truck, the, the Chevy Colorado 
in a garage and locked up on this in this house in Franklin, Tennessee, stripped, completely stripped. Uh, mm-hmm. The photo of the truck is actually out there. It made the news and everything. And like you and I were discussing earlier, man, it is clean. It like is it's stripped. sitting there and completely stripped down. Looks like it's been buffed, sanded, and it's just ready for a paint job and, and ready to get thrown together and yep. hit the road. So, you know, with this, you know, you kind of hope that there's going to be some sort of forensic evidence mm-hmm. um, that you could collect or whatever. But, I mean, we're looking at, you know, five years, 2011, 2016. A lot can happen during that time. Yeah. You know, a lot of evidence can be destroyed. Um, I don't know why in the world anybody would hang on to a truck that is connected with a missing team yeah. or possibly a homicide or whatever. But they did, you know. Um, I don't know if it's something that was sold to them. You know, they didn't know the background or they were just shady characters and they dealt in that kind of thing and had no idea it was tied to a missing person. Who knows? Uh, you know, like you and I were talking about, we, you know, the New York to tag that's on it is out there. Um, but I've never found anything about who owns the truck, who it really belonged to, if it was ever really reported stolen. Uh, I never saw it where it was actually reported, but I have seen articles and people online referring to it as a stolen truck. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they got that from, if that's an official statement or not, but I did, you know, uh, I would assume that it was, and or and if it wasn't, it eventually was reported stolen for sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, like we're talking about, they're pretty tight-lipped on that. Yeah, they are. No articles, no police commentary on who the truck belongs to or what happened to it or, you know, whatever. So anyway, you know, in my mind, when I see this, oh, there's like a huge glimmer of hope, um, you know, that now they're really getting down to business and uh, they're going to line up some suspects and there's going to be a break in the case. Well, uh, we unfortunately are wrong about that because as of September 20th, 2017, Nico's mother did an interview, uh, I believe it actually in Franklin, where she was trying to bring some awareness back to the case. And uh, in the article I read, um, the New York State Police actually said the case has gone cold, uh, which is really uh, disheartening, especially when you have a huge break in that after five years. You know, finding the actual truck is huge. Yeah, it is. When that's not good enough, that's... uh, that means they're really fighting. I would assume they're fighting a pretty massive uphill battle. You know, uh, I guess now would be a good time. Speaking of his mother, they do have a Facebook page. Yeah. And, you know, from everything I've read about, you know, from his mom's statements and stuff in the latter years, I do believe she's resolved that he has probably passed. Yeah. Um, of course, she's a mother, and, you know, she should have hope. Um, but I think, you know, what she really, really wants is closure. Uh, which is totally, totally understandable. Okay. So, as you like to say, with all that being said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we I got mean, some interesting facts. We um, do have some interesting know, facts. Side journeys here on this. Yeah, and, and, you know, speaking of that, man, uh, you being in law enforcement, why don't you go ahead and uh, give, give the listeners a little bit of insight on Nico Lisi and why he would want to maybe ditch his identity. Okay. So, uh, you know, Mr. Lisi um, apparently, you know, has a history, a uh, criminal record of some sort. You know, from what we gathered, uh, he had had some run-ins with the law, and specifically uh, an article that I located online 
uh, stated that he had actually been charged with a rape up in New York. And he and uh, I want to say like three or four other people were involved in the same case. He did, at the time of his disappearance, have a warrant for missing a court date, which would be a failure to appear. But uh, I did read where people kind of counteracted that, like, well, yeah, he had a warrant, but he had already appeared on this case mm-hmm. uh, either at least once. So, you know, while he run. But, uh, yeah, man, he did uh, He did have a pretty serious charge. He was standing down, I mean, a very serious charge, mm-hmm. there's no other way around it, that uh, he was kind of staring down the barrel of. Um, and also, uh, I don't, you located this information. Uh, apparently he had stolen a credit card or debit card and it completely, I guess what had to be the debit card. He emptied out somebody's account just yeah. completely. And, uh, I never saw the amount of that. Did you? I couldn't either, man. I couldn't either. I tried so hard and I, I definitely got to take a second to thank, uh, Sam, one of the researchers over at uh, American Crime Cast. She definitely dug pretty deep and helped me out with that one. She pretty much on it. And I mean, once I found that information, I was like, well, shit. I was like, that just yeah. opens up a whole nother can of possibilities, you know, and, right. you know, <sighs> I, I'm I'm curious. I couldn't find too much information on the other people involved in that in that rape case. Yeah, I would have liked to, but I I can understand why him being 18. It's hard fucking telling. Some of the other dudes could be minors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. You know, it's really hard telling, and, and obviously they're not going to divulge that kind of information on, on right. a minor or right. anything, or even you know at the time it was still an ongoing investigation or whatever, but. It's so mind-boggling because I'm curious personally on to whether or not he even fucking made it to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, really. I have in my notes here that uh, it looks like Cason Alvarez probably was the guy that um, said that Nico, I think he said he spent the night at his house in Franklin. Yeah. And that is the supposed confirmed sighting. And apparently his parents backed this up. But there's no pictures of them. Nobody else uh, can confirm that. And that was on 10 one of 11. And uh, we kind of, I think, skipped over it. But, you know, uh, you guys out there should know that Nico did have ties to Franklin. Mm-hmm. I believe he attended Franklin High School, lived with family down there in 2009. So he had some ties there and a reason to go back. There's not a totally random destination. Yeah. And, you know, as we're saying, it's just, it's right outside of Nashville. It's a suburb of Nashville, which, you know, is a booming, you know, metropolis. Oh, this crazy. Point. Yeah. Um, so he definitely had reasons to go back. I, I looked up the demographic of Franklin High School and tried to do some digging and, you know, to see if there's a drug problem or, you know, any kind of like crime that would, you know, bring one back to it or anything going on, you know, but it seems to be, you know, pretty typical large high school stuff, you know, kids smoking, smoking a little weed, uh, drinking alcohol, yeah. whatever, you know, I mean, not to downplay those things, but those are frankly things that happen to most large high schools. Oh, yeah. I didn't really dig up anything that really like jumped out at me about it. Same here. So, I was, I was looking for like, a sudden heroin epidemic that rolled through there, a sudden meth epidemic or something, and I really couldn't find anything, for, you know, something of that severity. Right, so, right. you know, it was because that would definitely change my opinion on the end result, I suppose you could say, but 
you know, not, you know, finding no information like that, it was like, well, shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dead end, um, you know, other than he may have had a safe haven there from whatever was going on, you know? Um, I do not know, you know, a failure to appear uh, charge is, uh, you know, at least down here is a misdemeanor, you know? Oh, yeah, same here. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if that's something... I guess we should probably kind of ease on into theories now, do you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're, yeah. we're okay. at that so, point. Because what I'm about to say kind of goes along with that. Yeah, but, definitely. Know, if you want to look at it, and it's hard not to, you know, I originally was pretty dead set one way on this case, but, um, you know, if you want to look at it, you're sitting there, you're listening, you're like, okay, his ID's missing, um, his Facebook gets deleted, he drains somebody's account, and he is on the road. I mean, it's hard to sit there and say if this guy is not on the run, if you believe he's still alive at this point. Yeah. You know, however, rape is a serious, serious charge, and that might warrant an agency extraditing him from another state. Exactly. You know, exactly. Easily, probably, yep. right? Definitely. However, a failure to appear warrant, you know, being a misdemeanor, I guess, in most, if not all states, um, no, you know, nobody's, they're not going to come get him for that. Mm-mm. So it's going to be a bench like, warrant. Okay, either if he, he's completely ignorant of the law, if that's the case, and he's just running for his life and he doesn't really know or whatever. But uh, you know, it's just hard to say. You know, it. It, so, it you is. Know, obviously, t- we pretty much put it out there. I think you know, theory one is Nico on the run or was yeah. he on the run? You know, from this uh, you know alleged rape charge. And again, you know, this is an alleged. Great charge. Alleged. You know, I've never yeah. read anywhere where he was convicted. No, no, ever. No, he yeah. was he was still um, in the in the you know still in the trial phase or whatever you might want to call it. But yeah, you know, I want to even say I read somewhere to the maybe on the Facebook page that kind of to the contrary of it that uh, somebody was kind of claiming that it was uh, the the charge was stretched or you know mm-hmm. or whatever. And you know, of course. I'm taking a completely neutral stance on that. You know, that's somebody's opinion that may have more knowledge of it than you and I are that you do or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But certainly that's a serious charge and, you know, a victim, you know, definitely doesn't need to be undermined definitely. in that kind of situation. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if he's staring down a rape charge or he thinks he's about to get convicted or whatever, you know, certainly you could see where somebody would want to run you know, um, and a lot of things point to that. You know, the drain bank account, the ID being ditched, uh, the Facebook post being deleted, you know. Um, so that is one huge theory that I think has a lot of little bullet points to it. Uh, what do you think some of the other ones are, Justin? Well, I, I mean, touching on, on the run theory, yeah, I think, you know, you got to think, maybe he sold the truck. He knew it was going to get stripped. He didn't care because he just wanted that much more extra money to get out of Dodge. That's a really um, good point. Yeah, and the the other thing, I guess, about it is resources. Who does he know that's going to be able to get him a new identity? Because, like, in 2011, it ain't like the 1930s where you can just <laughs> drop your yeah. shit and go to another town and just say your name is something else and just start oh, over. Right. Like. He's got pictures out. He's, you know, he's in the database, man, you know, and, you know, a bench warrant like that, literally, dude, if that guy gets pulled over for a fucking speeding ticket and somebody sees any kind of distinguishing mark on him, 
you know, he will get extradited for that, you know, in, in a second. Doesn't matter pretty much what state, but I guess that would be my biggest question is how much money did he drain and was he the one who got rid of his truck and then what resources he would have had? Because obviously he had family. He went to school there for a while, so he knew people. But you got to know certain kind of people in order to pull resources like that, you know? Yeah, and, and speaking of that, those kind of people, how well can you really trust them? Exactly. <laughs> when the police come breathing down their necks and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't get the impression that this amount of money that was pulled from this card was like a huge amount. That and neither you did know? I. I didn't because uh, from what you sent me, the uh, the 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 you know quote unquote victims on that were mm-hmm. saying, well, he's not in any trouble, or whatever, blah blah blah. They did not seem too upset about the amount of money that was missing. Mm-hmm. So you know, this isn't like he pulled a huge caper and you know hit the road and changed, you know, got plastic surgery and moved to Mexico or something. Yeah, and, I, don't, and on, I, don't, I don't get that vibe at all. And on top of that, how the fuck's he even going to get to Mexico? You know, who's who's <laughs> right. going to give somebody on the run their vehicle? Because that makes you a fucking an accomplice of sorts, I guess you could say. I mean, probably yeah. not to that fullest extent, but you know, you're help, you're aiding and abetted, aiding and abetting. Uh, you know, a fugitive on the run. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm honestly 50, 50. I mean, mm-hmm. for the, for him on the run, I guess that would be the questions that I would want to know was whether or not he was actually the one who got rid of the truck. Because if he did know somebody who was going to take a stolen vehicle and who was willing to strip it, the way that it was stripped, and I'll post pictures when I post this episode because this thing was fucking clean. I mean, yeah, there was nothing left of it. It looked like if you wanted to like refurbish your car, if you had a hot rod or something, these would be the guys you would take it yeah. to. Like, like professional. Wherever it was stored was completely spotless. And I mean, of course, granted, maybe the police did some of that, but it looked clean wherever it was, wherever it was photographed. I mean, the whole thing was just perfect. Yeah. Right? And that's one thing I noticed too is the entire garage was spotless. Yeah. It's like there was yeah. almost nothing else in there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if he has resources to dump a truck, a, dump a stolen vehicle, then he probably might have resources to, you know, get a fake identity or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I don't but, you know, know. In this day and age, where can you go where there's not a camera? I mean, even in the timeline. Yeah, even in 2011. One for sure confirmation of him on camera. And then uh, a couple of more possibles, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the main one that that bothered me was the one in Rochester on on ten one, mm-hmm. uh, because it, there's there's no fucking way he can be dropping Robbie off in Michigan at ten to you know six to ten a.m. and be in Romulus, Michigan, and be seen on a security camera in Rochester that same day. There's there's right. no fucking way. And I wanna I wanna know how this security camera because even today, man, I mean you gotta you know, security cameras ain't the pixels, you know, they're not pixelated enough. It would it would depend on I guess what kind of security camera it was. I would wanna I would wanna see the picture and see how detailed it was, how fine the image was, I guess, but Right. You know, that's I guess that's where my question comes in is if it's it's hard telling. I mean, I th- honestly I think the only person who could really answer that is right. Yeah. And I guess 
I don't know. I mean, if you're ready, we can go ahead and stop into the next theory if you want, because there's only pretty much, you know, two of them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other theory is he was murdered, um, you know, uh, without a body, without a for sure crime scene. Um, there's no way to know if he really was. Um, how it, or, or where that crime scene is. But if it's in Michigan, if it's in New York, if it's in Tennessee, down here in Franklin, um, you know, there's nothing. There's no forensic evidence. There's no, you know, instrument. There's there's no way to know how or if he was murdered. What we can ask ourselves, I think, is why would he be murdered? And I think that's what makes this part, this particular theory interesting, because there are some whys, and, of course, you know, the biggest why is, like, well, you know, he's sitting there facing a rape charge with other people. Yeah. You know, he's stealing from people. Um, you know, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but, I mean, the only, you know, maybe he was killed because he knew something or he was talking to the police or cooperating with law yeah. enforcement on this rape situation. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I can... don't know. But that's still, man, I, I would think, though, like we're talking about the, uh, the kind of people he was running around. These aren't like, you know, um, freaking cartel lords. You know, no. these are, you know, kids, essentially. Yeah, pretty you much, know, yeah. Just, uh, if they would do something like that, I can't see him being so sophisticated to where, you know, he can they completely just disappear like he has, you know? Yeah, the intelligence factor is, is definitely a big factor. And I mean, yeah, it's possible maybe Robbie set him up. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. you know, and that, you know, maybe the other people involved in this rape case are like, hey, you know, we know Nico's going to fucking rat us out. You know, all we want you to do is to drive them here and drop them off. That's all we want. I mean, I guess that goes with why he would have been taken to a psych ward after being questioned about Nico because, you know, the guilt, the guilt factor. You know, he gets questioned. He's like, shit, you know. I'm, I'm just going to fucking kill myself. They take him to the psych ward. He gets out, and he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, take the easy way out and, and do it. But that still doesn't explain how, you know, his truck would have gotten to Franklin. Right, so. right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that, on Robbie Knight. I mean, the kid, I think, certainly had a huge amount of guilt or a huge burden on his shoulders that, yeah. you know, he couldn't face the music, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way or whatever. Oh, but I definitely. certainly think he knew what happened to Nico or, like you say, a setup. You know, I'd feel pretty bad about that. If, like, oh, you yeah. Know, even though it's like a crime of omission, right? It's like, I didn't do anything. But then again, I didn't do anything. Exactly. Uh, you know, we showed up somewhere. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I'm not the one who killed him, but, you know, I kind of let him there. I let it happen. Yeah. You know? And then he, you know, then he kills himself. Um, God, it's just such a tragedy. And, uh, and we'll never know. You know, we'll yeah. never know what made him do that. But, I mean, I, I certainly think everybody suspects uh, that it has to do with what either Nico Lisi did or what happened to him. Yeah, and I think... I think if drugs were a factor with Robbie, I guess it's not too far of a stretch to think it might be a factor right. with Nico as well. And there's always maybe the possibility that Nico accidentally overdosed. Sure. And yeah. Robbie freaked the fuck out because they're in a stolen vehicle. They stole money. 
You right. know, they're on the run. You know, your buddy just fucking OD'd. You got a dead right. body on your hands. You ditch it somewhere between New York and Michigan, and there's a lot of dense forest between New York and Michigan, man. You got that right. Yeah. And, and again, even where they were at, New York is very, very um, rural. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all hills, woods, and bears, might I add. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, they'd probably make short work or something. It's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities in, in five years before this truck is found in three different states to get rid of a body, for sure. Exactly. Too many opportunities, unfortunately. I mean, it is the uh, proverbial needle in a haystack. It is. Without a doubt. I mean, my my personal opinion, and I, I think he made it to Franklin, mm-hmm. um, just because I don't see how somebody else would randomly choose Franklin. It's too coincidental, I guess. He had ties yeah. there. You know, right. I, I honestly, in my personal opinion, I don't think he made it that far. You know, I mean, I think he made it to Franklin, and I think that might be the end of Nico's story, but who yeah. knows if he even went there alone. You know, I yeah. mean, Robbie yeah. could have been lying. There could have been a third person, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they picked somebody up along the way, you know, on their way to Rochester. Well, and the other thing is, is you know, if, and you know, again, if he's on the run and the guy's making moves to disappear, I mean, how much easier is that if you're, a, you know, a low life <laughs> to yeah. take somebody out, you know, that doesn't want to be found in the first place. Exactly. You know, that's an opportunity for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, I mean, when you're in this situation, again, we're saying if he's on the run, um, you're putting faith in these kind of people. you got to take certain leaps of faith on this, that people are not going to rob you. People are not going to cheat you. They're going to give you shelter. They're not going to give you up to the cops. I mean, you're taking a lot of leaps of faith in this, you know, with I'm sure some of the wrong people. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, if you got family and friends that love you and they're good and just people and you're running uh, for the only reason that we, you and I, can see is a possible rape charge, mm-hmm. are they really going to give you shelter? I mean, if, if they got any kind of moral compass, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, man, Nico, we love you, but you got to face the music, brother. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I got a family. I can't let you hide out here, you know. I mean, I'm just kind of trying to put myself yeah. in everybody's shoes. You and know what I, mean? Yeah, and I can see that. And I can also see him getting double-crossed, man. You know, oh, I yeah, can absolutely. see him. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I yeah. Just, I mean, totally he goes to, to sell a fucking hot truck, and somebody's like, hey, we got this truck. Let's take this dude's money, you know, whatever he might have had on him, and just get rid of him because this dude right here right. is going to bring nothing but attention to us. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's always a possibility, I guess. But I don't know. I think, I think honestly, I think he made it to Franklin, but I don't think he made it that far out of Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything, everything, like you're saying, stops there. You know, like I told you before, and I mean, I, I think maybe he started off on the run mm-hmm. and that it turned into a homicide. Yeah. And or an act, I would say homicide first, then and or accidental overdose, or you know maybe even a suicide. You know, you know it's not out of the realm of possibilities at this point. If, if he if he sees like he's running out of options, you know, um, and just that he's in the right moment and things are looking short sighted, you know, maybe he took himself out. But then again, if he did that, you know, 
why the mystery, why the cover up, why the no body, you know? I mean You never know who's involved, man. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, I've done a couple cases where, you know, I almost will go as far as saying, Hey man, this cop is dirty as fuck. Somebody needs to check him out, you know, yeah. but yeah. I, I honestly yeah. don't think that would be the case in this. You know, that's just a, you know, a scenario. But, but yeah, I don't. Un- unfortunately, I really don't think he's alive. The circumstances. No, I don't. Which, I don't think anybody involved does. I mean, no. You know, it's his mom certainly seems. You know, and bless her heart for you know going through all this. Um, yeah. You know, no matter what Nico is involved with, she's a mother, and that's her son. You know, it's a terrible tragedy to have to face. Uh, you know, my, I myself kind of got into law enforcement uh, late in my college career when a friend of mine was missing. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, I remember that you suggesting that, that case. That may be a case for another day. It definitely but, will be. Definitely will be. But, but uh, you know, I got firsthand knowledge of, uh, you know, what a grieving mother goes through when, when their son gets missing. So, yeah. you know, I've seen it and I have an idea of what that's like. And, you know, that's just a horrible thing for so, you know, no, no judgment being passed, you know, on, on Nico here. We're just kind of trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. To trying to, kid. trying to put it out there. Cause I've, yeah. you know, there's not, I mean, there's information, but there's nothing substantial out there, I guess. Yeah. And it's just hard to believe, man. That truck was just such a huge break. And, you know, like I said, I mean, here we are, you know, uh, just a few weeks after the anniversary of him going missing. Yeah. And, and, and a huge break in the case a year ago and nothing, man. It's just, it's disheartening. But, uh, you know, I have to think that, I just have a feeling that somebody else there besides Robbie Knight knows what happened. Yeah. You know, somebody in Franklin, Tennessee knows. And, uh, you know, the, the police very way, you know, they very well may have a list of suspects. But, um, you know, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, you know, we got a justice system, uh, but they got to have enough evidence, man. You know, you can't go on a hunch. So, yeah. And so they may have the people in their crosshairs, but just nothing to hammer them with, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course, there is the slim chance that he really did run away and he's out there somewhere. I yeah. don't have that feeling. But I think we should entertain it, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's there's somebody that knows something, and maybe one of these days somebody will come forward or even somebody says, okay, listen, like, I met this guy one day, and he I heard him say something, you know, just anything, any, any little bit of information, man, could crack this thing wide open. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the police need all the help they can get. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, if somebody, if justice is served, he was murdered, and there's a conviction, that's awesome. Uh, and we hope that that happens. But, uh, you know, really, again, you know, this guy's mother needs closure. Yeah. You know, she knows who her son is. I agree. Yeah, she knows all his wrongs, probably, and all his rights, like all our moms do. But we Definitely. probably think they don't. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she just needs closure for her son. Uh, if he's passed, then she needs him to be buried. If he's not, then she needs him to be found. And that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, hopefully somebody out there knows, somebody finds information and listens to this podcast and does their own digging. Mm-hmm. And you find that one little clue, you know? I mean, there's, it's like, this is one of those cases where there's a lot of information out there and then there's not, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's just it's sprawling, but there isn't much. But maybe there's just something wedged in there and the stuff that yeah. is out there that we'll just you know bust it wide open. And we like, certainly hope that happens. Oh, of course, and like you said, I mean you're crossing jurisdictions too between three different states, and oh, you know man. sometimes yeah. that shit gets messy, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, it's uh you know communication, mm-hmm. and uh, you know even if all three departments are willing, which I'm sure they are. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's you know so much time and distance, man. Yeah, and it's hard to get all that together. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he's not the only person that's missing out there or dead in Michigan, Tennessee, or New York. Yeah. You know? And so these guys, I'm sure, are working their butts off on other cases and yep. you know other you know missing people and other homicides. And it's a manpower issue. It's you know just a time issue, an evidence issue. There's just a lot of uphill battles for law enforcement to do here. So a lot of variables, a lot of variables yeah, exactly, involved. But exactly. you know, I'm I'm hoping one day, you know, like you had said, I think the most important thing in this case is definitely that his mom gets closer. She is so vocal on Facebook mm-hmm. and on Reddit. Even I yeah. mean, it's she's very very out there. And at this point, like you had you had said, you know, she just wants wants closure. She just wants right. to know, like, what at this point, I don't think she cares. I mean, I'm sure she does, whether or not he's alive or dead, but just the closure, man. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And, of course, you know, if Nico, if you're out there, man, you know, holler at your mom for goodness sakes, even if you don't want to come home. Yeah, because you know, about a... you're all right or you're somewhere. Yeah, because yeah. about a week after I publish this post, what's going to happen is the next time somebody Google searches Nico Lisi, this podcast is going to show up on the first page. Yeah, so awesome. I mean, hopefully, like I said, that'll help. You know, get the word out there, and you know, maybe somebody will come forward. Like I said, man. Hey, man, and, and while we're on this, let me let me give you a compliment here while everybody's listening. Um, <laughs> uh, I respect the way that you talk about victims, man, and that's one of the things I like about podcasts and what kind of got me hooked in it is you know it doesn't reach uh, morning zoo status with a lot of hygiene and laughing and you know cutting up man you're very somber and serious and respectful towards victims and that's important man and uh you know and in, in my line of work i do appreciate that hey i thank you very much man that that means a lot to me and you know people do tell me you know like in reviews and stuff that that's what they like about me and you know and that's that just kind of goes with uh you know i don't I'm not a big flashy podcast. I just want to tell the story because like I've I've mentioned before, you know, it's like everybody has a story, all right? And you know, once you're forgotten, it's like you never existed. Me putting this stuff out on the airwaves can pretty much guarantee, you know, that at any point in time somebody can go back and just have that information or have that story available at any point in time and I don't know. For me personally, that's what it's about, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, of all the stuff you've done, you know, it's um, it, you know, it's uh, you know, I know you're not looking for any reward or whatever, but no. you never know, man. I mean, one day it'll, you know, it can pay off huge dividends for somebody's family, you know. Uh, you know, I'm, I just, in all honesty, dude, like for me personally, like the, it would make everything worth it if I could help a family just solve something, you know, not even solve it, even if they just get closure. I think yeah. that, that to me would be the biggest reward. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, sure. man. It means a lot, man. It certainly means a lot. 
We, uh, you know, appreciate appreciate your uh, take on, um, you know, true crime podcasting. You know, the respect you have for it again. Dude. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. And don't get me wrong, I that's why I kind of have fun with the with the paranormal episodes that I do every now and then. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you gotta breathe every now and then, right? It's yeah, it's my chance to have a little bit of fun every now and then because when I do cases like this, man, I mean it. It looking into this shit, especially you know with with kids and stuff, man, it weighs on you. Because it's just, it's so fucking depressing, man. And it's a big world and there's just so many out there. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of yeah, podcasters. You young, man. 18 when you go missing. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I was an idiot when I was 18. I was a fucking <laughs> moron, dude. I was, I was a fucking exactly. moron. Right? I didn't well, mind. The kid has his whole life in front of him, you know. Yeah, and, dude. And, and a lot of time to recover from mistakes or, you know, change. Exactly. You know, certainly. Exactly. Um, so it, it certainly seems to me that his life was cut short. You know, the, the when, the where, and the how we we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a daggone tragedy, man, uh, for him and Robbie Knight, and certainly for his family. Yeah, I agree. And anybody with information, I will post phone numbers and links in the show notes, or you can email me if you don't want to do that at mysteriouscircumstances99 at gmail dot com. You can stay anonymous. I will turn in information for you. But I don't know. I guess that's about all I have, Major. How about you, man? Yeah, man. That's that's about it. You know, we got the timeline and uh, theories out of the way, and, and you know, I think we all know it's important here. Uh, yeah. Let's just hope and pray that uh, this case gets solved, and his, his mom and his family gets closure. And um, you know, good grief if Nico was alive and well, what a blessing that would be. You know. Oh, dude, that would be. That would be pretty, pretty fucking awesome, man. You know, and he's still, still young enough, dude. There's, you know, oh, obviously yeah. he would, you know, there would be repercussions from him running, but he would yeah, still be sure. alive. He'd serve his time. He'd get out and, you yeah. know, be, you know, go on with his life, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, so, man, I appreciate you having me, brother. It's been an honor to uh, oh, be dude. able to come here and do this with you. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Oh, dude, I was we... nervous as all get. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about your nerves, man. Did they start settling down a little bit through there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Towards the end, man. We got the theories, you know. <laughs> yeah, and definitely, so, man. Definitely. Yeah, we've been... I, more. I think we've been emailing back and forth for, God, almost a year probably, man. Yeah, yeah, we've been in communication for a minute, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good to put a face to the name. Of course, I'll see you, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Oh, yeah, right? definitely, man. So it's, it's, it's cool to listen to your show, um, from my perspective as, you know, being in law enforcement too. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting because you're usually not too far off the mark. Yeah, there's, you know, unfortunately this day and age, there's a lot of, uh, uh, a lack of uh, knowledge about what police can and can't do, and the, you know the hindrances we face when we investigate stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've listened to a few of your episodes, and and uh, you know, I could, well, yeah, they did kind of bumble that. Um, but you're also very complimentary of when they do it. You know, when law enforcement does a good job, oh, yeah. and, you know, we appreciate that for sure. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I I have the uh, the flaw of being pretty fucking honest man so no, I didn't <laughs> <laughs> so um i mean yeah it sometimes it gets me in trouble and uh but no i mean if you know when i say something you know bad about law enforcement it it does it's not without warrant you know they it's right. there's a lot of a lot of cases that i've covered that that 
personally, I think law enforcement, if they wouldn't have fucked it up, it mm-hmm. probably would have changed the case. 180 degrees, man. Helped it out, yeah. you know? But there's other ones like Kyron Horman. Dude, the authorities and law enforcement in that case right there were fucking on point. But um, I'm glad we finally did this episode, and um, I'm glad I finally had a male co-host for once, for fuck's sake, man. <laughs> <laughs> like... I was I was pretty excited. I was like, "Thank God, man!" I was like, "It's all the all the people who come forward and want to co-host are always women, which is cool." And I mean, yeah. the the genre is dominated by women. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you know seventy five, eighty percent. So it was nice to to have a male co-host for once, man. It was really cool and cool. Awesome. Hell, hell yeah, man! Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I suppose with uh with all that. I'll tell all the listeners I will see you all on the flip side.